So everything seems to have a beginning except for God. And this is the genesis of the JT Follows JC podcast that right now doesn't really have a name. Um, and in some ways, it was, it's was it been a long time coming because I teased it some months ago that I was going to start a podcast. I bought a microphone. I got like my ring light. You can see my eyeballs. Um, yeah, I got all ready. I got it all set up. And then I thought, what am I going to talk about? And then so recently, obviously, I've, I've, pretty, I've been on TikTok live consistently, kind of getting the reps in. And um, this still is probably going to be rusty. But you know what? I figured if I'm going to start at the beginning, I'm going to start at the beginning of how JT got to the kind of guy who posts all kinds of strange things, kind of exposing darkness, Ephesians 5.11, and where that came from. Well, obviously, the first place it came from was my brother planted the seed in a really tough time in my life to get me to the Lord. And so obviously, in order to expose the darkness, you have to find the light. And once you hear the, the, the voice of the good shepherd, you know, you can see the opposite all over the place. And, um, and, one, and one thing he did after I, he got me there, he pointed me to the Good Fight Ministries. And I love those guys. And I still, I still like to listen to them. I, don't, I wish I'd be a little more regularly, but I, those guys helped me a great deal to see that who runs this place, that, um, that the, the Satan is blind, the minds of unbelievers. And, and at some point, I guess I was. I was one of those people he had blinded. You know, the devil runs this place. And I'm going to take you to a little story that really got me to here. And I pretty much have not stopped since. And, of course, I had no idea that this, this kind of curiosity of how this world really works, the things that didn't make sense to me that all of a sudden now make sense, was because I found out for sure that, yeah, the God of this world is the devil i mean it's it's an insane thing and it's a something you, it's a, something until you accept the truth of jesus christ you can't accept because it's too scary it's 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 too scary a thought to believe that and the night that i really woke up to this like fully was it was we'll put it this way on my spiritual journey i was going through a very tough time in my life and I was really relying full reliance on the, on the Lord. And I had to surrender my life to him. And, and in the end, that's the only way to do it. But in the meantime, I was kind of cutting out certain things out of my life because I was trying to, I was trying to keep my head, my head space clear. I was trying to keep my heart clear. And so what I, I was fascinated with was like, I've grown up Christian, but I, I feel like, some of the things I've been led to by like other men have not led me to a place of, of real truth. It wasn't really what God was saying. And so I liked listening to uh, pastor Joe Schemmel and um, Chad Davidson on good fight. And I loved seeing the stuff they were talking about kind of exposing false teachers and, and also just, yeah, the code in the movies and the Super Bowl halftime shows, but they, they always referenced an old video which was they sold their souls to rock and roll. And so in between, basically, when I was reading my Bible, you know, doing my normal thing, I didn't consume content like I used to anymore. So I was watching a lot of YouTube. I was listening to podcasts. Um, and it was all about this kind of stuff. 
And so they kept on talking about they sold their souls to rock and roll. So one night, you know, I'm staying up kind of late because I just kind of got in the habit of doing that. And I, I, put, I rented They Sold Their Souls, I think on Vimeo. And when I started to watch it, it was late. So I, I didn't think I was going to finish it all. And as I was watching it, when I started to put the pieces together of Aleister Crowley, the, the wickedness, when they first established how wicked Aleister Crowley was, they left no doubt, obviously, that this guy was serving the devil. His intentions were horrible. Anybody who would, would speak this kindly of this guy, obviously, you'd have to call into question those people. And when Pastor Joshua lays out the best case ever that this guy is involved integrally in our, in our music. And then obviously through that, that concept, you can see when you see into the music, well, obviously it's, it's not a very hard stretch to think. Obviously it's in the movies, TV. And then of course, you know, once you, once you start to realize that, that the Washington, New York and Hollywood all connected, you know, there's, there's the connections are, are obvious. I think there was another interesting documentary that came out. I think it was, um, I think it was called out of the shadows and it was about this, the stunt man who was exposing like the real wicked stuff, like the Epstein Island stuff. And, and I, maybe I should even go back a little bit to there is, is the fact that once, once the Epstein Island stuff was coming out, it was like, there's more to this story than these these people are just perverted. I mean, the stuff that they're alleging, it's like, you know, you can, I think we all, well, not all of us, but a lot of us have had times where we sinned, lived in a little bit of sin and you kind of get it to a certain extent, right? Like even like that's, we, we get it. But when you start to get into like the real weirder stuff and obviously when anything involves children, I mean that like it, it's hard to understand why all these celebrities, like it'd be, if, if it was one, maybe it was two, but when you saw the list of that island and then you see that out of the shadows and they're showing the connections all throughout the industry, it made me call into question things. Like, what does this all mean? Like, they, they have, there has to be something more than they're just perverted. It, 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 it can't be just that. And, and of course, when you go back into the, they sold their souls to rock and roll and the Lester Crowley, and then you start to see, this is why. Because the things they're doing, the sex magic, the, the, the magic number 11, that's the K, K is the 11th letter. And K, when you see a magic with a K, that's straight from Lester Crowley. And yeah, you start to see the music. When you start to see the Beatles are influenced by this guy, he's on Sgt. Pemper's album. When you start to see the Rolling Stones, when you hear that Jimmy Page bought his house, it was on Loch Ness, you know, on, on Loch Ness, where they're saying that, that Lester Crowley was the real Loch Ness monster. I that was a mind blowing moment, and maybe mind blowing is not the right word. It was more like bone chilling. It was like I did. It, this was in front of me this whole time, and I and I didn't see it. I mean, I remember back in the Napster days when everyone was just downloading music and my parents were of the age where they liked the Beatles and I got to a Beatles phase 
And so I listened to a lot of it and a lot of it was strange. Um, it was strange music, but it was good music. And, um, and obviously, you know, I liked a little bit of Led Zeppelin. I mean, I liked, you know, the doors, I mean, like, like my fire, you know, some of the, some of that stuff, you know, was catchy, you know, actually the doors were kind of weird, but, but I, all being said, it's like, they're playing stairway to the heaven backwards and you're hearing all the weird messages and you're like, how's, how could a person ever do this? And that's the thing they couldn't. But anyways, when you start to see like, you know, like Ozzy Osbourne has a song like Mr. Crowley. I think David Bowie had something about Crowley. Um, these people are talking about they're they're speaking in the same language as him, and they're talking about the new age. And then they then they even bring in so the Beatles, the Beatles bring in the '60s. You got the drug culture, the free love culture, and then I said you have the LSD. Timothy Timothy Leary talking about carrying on the work of Lester Crowley basically like oh it's too bad he's dead he couldn't see all the th things we're bringing in and literally what he's talking about is corrupting a generation and all the all the eastern influences between like the yoga and just the just uh, just some of the some of the things that don't seem all that evil are little subtle things like i said when you when you when the beatles are singing i want to hold your hand it's like it's hard to imagine that they're serving the devil but they are they are and i started to figure that out and i and if i realized that if it was the beatles it was everyone and then you then you kind of realize in the with these pop stars what they go through and it's like people like britney spears um it was a katie perry they could pick anybody like that's a, that's why that show american idol was almost like they could have picked anyone to win that show and they could they could take, the, you know, your average, you know, any, any person who was average looking, they could, could doll them up. They could, you know, do something to their voice. I mean, there's a lot of talented people. There's only certain people who become mega stars. And, but you see like that you have to play ball to be in this. And, and it gets you back to like Katy Perry's talking about, she couldn't make it as a Christian singer. So she sold her soul and she became like the biggest pop star on the planet. And she didn't say it as a pleasant way. She saw it like as a, as a tormented way. And when you start to see that these people are saying, I sold my soul, I sold my soul, I sold my soul. They're talking about being channeling things to write songs. Like I didn't even write, like it was at uh, Keith Richards is saying, I didn't even write that song. I was just holding the pen. What do you think he means? You know, I think I think it was in Black Sabbath. I think that was a that was a reference to some black entity that one of the um, one of the bandmates of uh, Ozzy Osbourne was saying. This is this is a, it was an homage to him was the name of the band. And you have like Sasha Fierce, you have Slim Shady, all these all these stars have alter egos. They're not alter egos. They're they're demons. I mean, I started to understand that this is what they're saying. You know, when, when somebody says they sold their soul, believe them because it's not something you, it's, it's not a thing that you would say in jest. It, it's, it's not. And when you see like the people who say these things are the ones who have influence in our culture. These are the ones who've gained these ones, these ones who, who have gained the whole world, like the ones that Jesus talks about. 
What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Well, that's what these people have done. That's why they don't seem very happy about it sometimes when they're talking about it. But yet here they are. And, and here I was. Back to my story. I'm watching this show at night, late at night. And I got to admit, I was like, I was kind of dozing off a little bit because I think I still had about an hour left of the show. And I was like, hmm, I was kind of falling asleep. And so, of course, I just, I'm going to grab the remote. It's not uncommon for me to fall asleep with the TV on. I kind of liked white noise to, to put me to sleep. I guess I take after my old man in that regard. But as I'm falling asleep, like I, I flipped to turn the TV off. I think I look at his, uh, Lester Crowley's ugly mug right as I'm about to, about to fall asleep. And I'm not saying I'm afraid of the dark because I'm a tough guy. But I like to have a little light in the room, you know, just in case you have to go to the bathroom. And like, I don't like pitch dark. Um, yeah, it's just, I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying I'm afraid of dark. So it's, you guys don't even start. But I do like a little bit of light in the room. And I always would keep a little bit. There would be like either a bathroom light on or, you know, like something like a little night light. My, my ex used to have a couple of those in the rooms and stuff. And, and I remember when I, turned, when I turned the TV off, I had never seen my room so black. It was like, it was the most eerie dark I've, I've ever seen. In it. And, it got, and the room got cold. And I'm getting chills as I'm telling the story because this is kind of what it does is like that I started to see like a, Oh man, it was like a presence that, that was, that was terrifying because I knew it was real. And it was almost like the things I was describing, the things I was sent, the things I just learned, it was almost like these things decided to announce their presence to me fully. And it was terrifying. It was terrifying because I knew it was real and like I said, I'm actually feeling, I'm feeling something right now as I'm doing this because it's like, I think, you know, in the end it was like, this guy knows. And it was almost like it's an intimidation thing, but the good news is they can't intimidate me anymore. But back to back, back then, this was a, this was a terrifying experience where I felt cold. I felt a blackness in the room. And I just remember obviously remembering that Jesus's name has power. And I was kind of, I was, I was saying to myself, you know, and I was just saying out loud that, you know, I rebuke these evil spirits in Jesus name. Cause I knew that there was a presence in that room. And I had the, I had the, that Holy spirit, like, like warmth go from like, seriously, it came from like the top of my head all the way down to my toes and went slowly down. And I know that sounds like a good thing, but it almost made me more afraid because it, it was all so real. And, and I'm not taking any drugs at this point. So I'm like, this, this is, I, and I'm not one to, to tell stories about like this kind of stuff, like spiritual stuff. I'm like, I'm the one who kind of raises an eyebrow when I hear somebody say something like, really? I guess I shouldn't do that anymore because like I said, these things, these, these occurrences are real. And so it was interesting. Like when I was this, this, this feeling, I, I was this afraid that I remember, I think I was doing something in my closet that, that week. And I found this old cross. It was a tiny little, it was a tiny little cross. And I felt like the need to go get it. Like there was a little cross in there. I think I picked it up. It was like one of those days. I, I think they were just handing them out 
we were leaving church one time and I, I kept it and I felt like I needed to go get it. And so I went, I went and got it. And I like, I, I basically held that thing in my bed and, and this was like right after I kind of got right with God and I kind of cleared off a lot of my Instagram stuff, the accounts I used to follow. And I started following a lot of biblical accounts and, and stuff. And so as soon as I picked up, you know, like I so saw, I, I tried to go to sleep. I couldn't. So I reached over, you know, kind of instinctively, like, like we all often do and grabbed my phone to kind of just scroll a little bit to kind of take my mind off things. And I think I've scrolled one time I got to Psalm 20. It was like a, it was like a Instagram account that had Psalm 23 uh, basically highlighted. And it was, though I walk by the, sh- the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear, fear no evil. And I was like, oh my, it's, it, all the things that were happening that night were, were, were just, it was, it was crazy to me. And so it doesn't end there. And so as I'm, you know, so after this night, you know, of course I, I do get to sleep finally. You know, I can, I probably continue to, to rebuke anything in Jesus name. And the next day, you know, I think I'm tell I tell Frank about it, and of course he tells me it's about some of the occurrences he had, and he actually you know he talked in detail about some of the things he's he's witnessed, and and then so at one point I'm hearing you know my my young daughter who's was seven at the time, and she's talking she was talking to my um my wife at the time, and I hear her mention something about a dream, and so that I piques my curiosity big time. And I'm just like, huh, what, what are you talking about? So I, I kind of, you know, come here, tell me, tell me about your dream. And it wasn't just a dream. It was a nightmare. And in this dream, and this is the same, this is the same night. This is the same night I have the, 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 the black, cold, demonic presence in my room. She has a dream where literally a fairy comes into her room and, uh, and eventually kind of morphs into something with claws and fangs. And she says she couldn't really tell if she was asleep or, or awake when it came in there. And, and this is something obviously, you know, parents, a neighbor of ours got her this thing called a fairy door. And it's like a little, a little toy thing you, you, you stick on your wall and and I couldn't help but think, wow, is, you know, obviously it's, just, it's a little toy. I mean, I know that I can't physically look through the wall or whatever like this, but I mean, it's like these toys giving access to, I don't know. I mean, that's like, we, you know, my brother and I have often talked recently about Balaam and in, in tricking the Israelites to cursing themselves. And then we always talk about the vampires, like you needing to give the, the vampire permission to enter your house. You know, so it's like, is this permission by some, some respect? Well, anyway, so all those things together, like this thing, this, my daughter having this dream, it's the exact same night. I mean, once you, once you understand the spiritual world is real and it understands that you understand it's real, I think that it will make its presence felt to you sometimes. And of course, the good news is that if you have the Holy spirit in you, these things cannot hurt you. Now they can, they can mess with you. And I believe they can, and they will. And obviously I felt like they were messing with me just, just a minute ago, just, just telling that story. 
And I had a, I had a, a good long time after that, a couple of weeks where I felt like, of course, every time I told the story, like the hair in the back of my neck stood up. I, I often felt like I walked in that house and I just felt a, um, I felt, I just felt it. I felt something in that house. And at the time I was going through a divorce and I really felt like that that was a spirit that was, that was causing a lot of discord in the house. And, and, you know, it, it was at that moment where I really started to understand like that, that sin was just more than just some bad thing you just did sometimes, you know, you know, being righteous and holy was, a, was more than just trying to follow the rules. It was like, what these sins were, were basically invitations to these demonic spirits to come in your house. And I don't know, like I said, I, I don't know how it all works. And I don't think that we all, I don't think we ever will until we're out of this place. But I'm, I'm almost positive when you go do certain acts, when you watch certain things in your house, when you watch a show, like when you see, when you see a, a movie, like they sold their souls for rock and roll and you see how the music was inspired, you, you start to hear what the lyrics are about. You have like a stairway to the heaven being played backwards. There is something to it. And, and, and we don't understand it. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying you can't listen to certain things. I'm not saying anything. I'm saying, let your faith lead you to where it, where it should lead you. Because I, once you start to see the things clearly enough, you'll know that, like I said, your, your, your enemy is a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. So be sober and vigilant. You know, that's what I'm saying. So once I started to see this stuff, I really started to see it everywhere. And like I said, I understood like, it's one thing to know that, okay, I can sin and I can just say, I'm sorry later. You know, like a lot of Christians do. I'll, I'll, I'll repent for that later. But when you really know the stakes, what's at, at hand, like, do you want that in your house? Do you want a spirit? Do you want something that could come at your daughter? Like we don't, like I said, we don't know how this all works. You know, we have to walk in faith with Jesus Christ. And we know that, he, that he's not about, like I said, you know, his voice and you, and you start to hear the contrary. You, hear, you start to hear the counterfeit. And I think it was at that moment where I really understood that my adversary is not stupid. You know, he's not stupid. He's evil. You know, a lot of people think the devil's dumb. The devil's not dumb. The devil's a lot smarter than we are. But, but you know what? Jesus Christ is good and he's more powerful than the devil. So that's, we, we have that over him, you know, but he's, Satan is our adversary because like I said, he, he's no match for God. He can't, he can't, he can't, he can't do anything to God. He can't even do anything that God doesn't allow him to do. But it's important to remember who he's going against and it's us. So we need to be sober and vigilant. We need to expose the unfruitful works of dark darkness. Take no part in them. Ephesians 5, 11. And, and, and I, I kind of just wanted to end with this one was that what was very, what was really cool about that whole story was, and I can't even remember the, the gentleman's name that Frank was, was talking to my brother. So my brother told one of his friends, good, good brother in Christ, I guess of his. And he told him what I, what I said about it. And, and you have to remember, this is not me then. This is, this is me a long time ago. This is me. This was, Joey was lukewarm like a couple weeks before this. And I was like that my whole life. 
So like I said, you guys know me now, but if you knew me then, and I, I knew me before. And so my brother's telling his friend about this experience that I, that I, that I encountered. And, and what he said to my brother really resonated with me. And it might be why I'm talking to you today was that his, his friend told my brother that, wow, it sounds like the enemy knows he's a threat. I think God's raising up a warrior. And I remember like, you know, I'm kind of like in that swelling, like, oh, they're just getting the feels. Cause it was like, I never considered that I could be anything more than a guy who could just say, just God, please just save me. You know, I never considered that I could be, you know, like a soldier in God's army. I know I never, I never thought of myself that way, but you know what I did that day. And that was very cool because it was like, it's almost, it was like he planted that seed in me and, and maybe that seed has, is, has started to sprout a little bit. You know, I don't know where, I don't know where this journey's taken me. You know, I had no idea it would take me here. Uh, you know, at the very beginning of this, I was just sharing Bible scriptures when I was going through the toughest time of my life. And then eventually it turned into a little writing on my, on my social media uh, feed. And then one day God kind of inspired me to make a little video, just, just asking for prayer requests and just kind of talking about just a mini little testimony where, you know, what, I'm sharing little videos and then um, not a lot of people are listening to them after a while, but I was kind of faithfully doing it because God was teaching me things and I didn't know what God was preparing me for. And obviously I didn't, I, I had no idea it was preparing me for the Hoover Dam to, for TikTok, but, but here I am. And, and I didn't know if I was ever qualified to have any kind of ministerial position or anything like that. And, and I don't know if it, if this ever means that I'll have one in the church or anything, any kind of capacity like that, but it's like, I feel like God has found a way to use me and, and it took, it took a, a couple little steps out in faith and it, and it, and it took, you know, seeds planted by um, people who loved me and um, people who love Jesus. And, and it's, it's a pretty awesome thing that, you know, I don't know where all this is going. Actually, you know what? I take that back. I do. Jesus is coming back. I know that. I know it ends. I know it ends. Our finish line is there. And that's kind of how I look at things now where, you know what? This, the signs of the times are here. You know, I feel like people are, are waking up today. And I'm, I'm so thankful to God that he woke me up at such a time as this to be able to talk about him boldly and, um, and change me and save me. And, um, anyways, guys, I just want to encourage you guys today that, um, if, if God could do that for me, the lukewarmness of the lukewarm, if, if, if Paul was like the worst, I was the most lukewarm. <laughs> yeah. No one was more lukewarm than me. And, I was terrified of public speaking, all those kind of things. If you, if you could even imagine that now, but you know what? He changed my life. He gave me a boldness and it's like, gosh, I just, I'm just so thankful. Anyways, I just, um, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed story time. I don't know what this podcast is going to turn into, but you know, I thought this might be a good way to start off at little get to know JT. So anyways, I love you guys and um, I hope to see you soon. Yikes.
No, you probably won't. 